0: He's a man everyone and it's welcome to another episode of On the Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or whatever you're listening to. Thanks for joining us again this week. That was my theme song. No, it wasn't. He's a man, a real man. That da-da, wasn't the da-da. tune at all. Stephen Regal bringing us into <laughs> our segment. Hello, oh, boys.
2: I Can't believe how wrong you got that song after we just heard it.
0: What?
3: You can't follow it tune, can you, Tony?
0: <laughs> He's a man. <laughs> a it's close. Such man. a man. Such a man.
2: (laughs) Anyway, uh, real man's man, Stephen Regal. Yes. uh, Defeated Christians, You're On Your Own Now, which, I mean, that also would have been a lot of fun at the top of the show. It was very close.
0: They probably are the two worst songs ever put out for a wrestler. No,
2: look, I just think they're both at the so bad that they're good level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I like that every now and again, uh, they'll rib uh, William Regal by playing that as he walks to the ring, and it, he always laughs. It's
0: like a good C-class porno. Uh, what? On, what? What podcast are we on at the minute? Sorry?
3: <laughs> They're just so bad. That
2: Tony, Tony, <laughs> have you had your medicine this week? Because last week...
3: Yeah. What? Yeah, no, you finished the show in a bad way. I was it was or off? Off. We, uh, did you go off.
0: Did you go home and have tea? Uh Yes, I did, oh, so and I was it.
3: much better. And no, that's good because we've had to come in the studio at two thirty in the afternoon, so you can get your nap and your dinner in early. Yeah, no, I appreciate yeah, your you pensioners' very...
2: dinner. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, uh, that birthday. said, firstly, hang on, oh. you weren't the only one that was terrible. Like you weren't oh, he helped. Didn't even turn up. You weren't it? helped by Lyle, who was, I I was an hour late. I was throwing. An Hour and a half late, and his work on the run sheet was so bad you couldn't read it.
3: I was thrown. I was off. I'm pretty sure in the archives, there's plenty of times. You know, the run sheet hasn't just been. I was. Time. I
0: was put. That's one up top of the mistake. proverbial banana skin. I was. I was <laughs> set up to fail.
3: Mate, it rained that bad that night.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you heard.
2: I'm clearly the rose between two thorns.
0: He's got a high opinion of himself, he has, hasn't he? Hasn't he? Uh, <laughs> congratulations, boys! We've lasted a year. We haven't been taken off air.
2: Well, it helps that you run the company, which uh, is so on air. To- <laughs>
3: But yeah, hang on a minute. <laughs> have you thought about it though? Tone? Once or twice,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably well, at the end of last week. He's threatened me with getting cancelled, cancelled a couple of times, and cancelled. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're uh, we're a year old as of Friday. That's fantastic. And we've got a couple of really huge announcements, yeah, what are these announcements. to celebrate? But I can't make them yet.
0: We still got to sit on. I them was hoping
2: I was hoping I could make one so of the. You
0: them. can't tell everyone that we're going to interview Session Both on the weekend.
2: I'm not meant to. No, it's not official.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and also the chance that we might have no
2: no, okay. don't, no do, don't, don't do don't that no that. don't do it that's our biggest announcement in history and it'll go through yeah, social but there's media there's no use having
0: don't, something if you can't announce well, it I
2: can announce it once I get the confirmation from we
0: might be doing a podcast by then that yeah can-
2: but
3: we've got a social, social, social media? media accounts yeah did you vote this week hey did you vote oh, I was locked out oh okay you're locked out interesting we,
2: we might be interviewing session moth But it's not official. Okay, she's going to eat Lyle alive.
0: We haven't interviewed any general managers. Yes, we have. Who?
2: Eric Bischoff was general manager of Raw. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. All right, and Mikey's general manager of uh,
2: Uh, Why is no? He's the owner.
0: Well, that's general manager, isn't it? Is your phone on, Tony? No, that wasn't mine. That was your phone. It wasn't (laughs) mine. (laughs) Uh, Hey, last week we mentioned it. Uh, but first of all, Nick Golfus had a uh, good interview with us last week. I think he was pretty well, we Well, I that. think
2: we inspired him too.
0: Yeah, we did. In what way? Well, after having him on the podcast,
3: he went and won the uh, Uprising Rumble. There he's you a, go. He's number one contender to the Aussie National Championship now. So, yeah, come on the podcast, good yeah. things will happen. Yeah,
2: we only back Well, you'd only come on the podcast if it was the one that Tony was talking about earlier with those C-grade movies.
0: Yeah. We uh, we mentioned <laughs> last week that we had just completed an interview with the great Lobo, Australian wrestling royalty, and we're about, the
2: Lyle made him wait an hour yes, and a half, he
0: did. Uh, and we're about to play that for our good folk at home.
2: It's a treat. I, re- I hope you really enjoy this. As I loved interviewing Lobo,
0: here it is, our interview with Lobo. As we welcome Lobo into the studio for our in-depth chat this time, boys, Lobo, welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, thank you for coming, mate. We uh, love having Legends of Australian Wrestling in to have a chat about the old time and and the new time as well, because you're one of those guys that sort of has transcended pretty much the old values of wrestling and went into uh, the the initial part of the new era.
1: You say transcend, I I would say just stuck around. (laughs) (laughs) Just stuck around like that sort of that band-aid. You don't know when you're going to rip it off quickly and just no one's ripped it off yet. That's all. (laughs) Fun times, though. Fun times. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I've chosen to stay in it for as long as I have, or have got back into it um, on a regular interval because yeah, I, I still love it. I still enjoy it. You, you enjoy different things over time. I think what I enjoy now is when you take, you know, a, a young wrestler, uh, you know, a piece of clay, and you make it into something that um, that maybe that individual didn't even think that they had. That's that's still something that that keeps me attracted to wrestling and um, probably always will.
2: And what, what kind of wrestling are you watching now as opposed to when you got into, into, into the sport?
1: Um, I suppose um, I go back a long way with what I was watching, but I was, I was a very big fan of NWA, you know, the old uh, horsemen and sting and flair and the road warriors and Magnum TA and everything. I, I personally feel that was one of the best periods, but then, the um the resurgence of wrestling with the nwo in the 90s um i was a an nwa then a wcw fan it was great as a wcw fan to see the transition from going nowhere fast to all of a sudden being the number one promotion in the world to actually be part of that as a fan was a great experience um as for these days um I'm one of the few people who still watches Impact Wrestling. (laughs) Um, They put on tremendous pay-per-views still, and um, people have forgotten about them, but they're still a great product.
2: I heard some really good things about the most recent one.
1: Awesome. Rebellion was a a fantastic show, top to bottom. I think it had at least maybe three or four matches of the year on it. So it was a really solid show, really solid show.
3: And um, with your reputation, obviously you must have watched a fair amount of ECW as well.
1: Yeah, I I did I I watched it. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that I considered myself a diehard ECW fan um, because I came onto it I think by accident. Because in the old um, tape trading days, <laughs> you would get a tape of you know four or five hours of wrestling, and that in the midst of that, there might be some ECW TV amongst it. So I think that's how I first got exposed to the product, and then maybe the magazines, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and everything. So. I was a a slow burn with ECW, but when something comes out that is so vastly different from everything else that you're used to, you can't help the fact that it grabs you by the scruff of the neck and gets your attention, you know. And and it and it stood out that every element of it, the way that the um, the wrestlers were sort of put across to the audience, the way that the promos were filmed, the way that the matches were structured. Um, it was just unlike anything that we'd seen before. So, yeah, in that regard, it certainly got my attention. Yeah.
2: And because it was so raw, it's um, something that an independent promotion can aspire to be.
1: Yeah, very much. I, I remember saying over the years that I don't think we'll ever be, and, and if I'm wrong with this, I, I, I stand to be corrected, but I don't think as an independent promotion in Australia you should ever aim to be the WWE equivalent, but you could certainly be the ECW equivalent. Where you start off as that underdog, and before you know it, created such a fan base that you've expanded into all these areas you never anticipated. Um, and I think that's an absolutely uh, fair goal, uh, something to to aspire to, for promotions in Australia. And they, you know, they did a lot of things wrong, but people forget they did so many things right too. So they're a good, um, they're a good example for people to follow. You know, good and bad.
0: <laughs> I was around. Very early in your career, probably even just around the time when you even started,
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I can't remember you though doing anything other than hardcore wrestling.
1: No, see, that's that's one of the misconceptions. It's just that um,
0: maybe because that's just so in, in, embedded in my mind that yeah, I can't remember the past, memorable.
1: And I think yeah. it's, I think it's probably, look, it, it was probably the um, the larger part of my wrestling. But I I always called it, um, I never called it hardcore wrestling. I always called it spectacle matches. Um, that just in those, in those environments, you had more of an opportunity to, uh, maybe showcase a little bit more of yourself and, um, and maybe also if everything went right to maybe really, you know, make a stamp on, you know, Australian wrestling and leave an impression hopefully on fans and so on and so forth. But, um, I, I actually, I probably did more hardcore matches because people asked me to wrestle in those matches, individual wrestlers you know um especially um in mad the middle dog. yeah people like a mad dog <laughs> yeah. or a spike steel and and people like that i i think i wrestled pretty much every hardcore match because they wanted to do a certain type of cage match or whatever it was and i was the type of person especially at that time where i was okay if that's what you want okay we'll, we'll try it out and and for me i've always thought with wrestling um when you're when you're a wrestler you want to be able to say that you can do every element of the business, whether it be a promo, whether it be a scientific wrestling match, um, whether it be just whatever it is. But uh, so hardcore matches being part of that. And I would think that, you know, any kind of performer that that values what they do, they want to try everything at least once. Mm. But, yeah, there's a little bit of a misconception that hardcore was all that I did. It, it wasn't, but it was a large component, no doubt, no doubt.
2: And speaking of the spectacle matches, as you call them, how many, f- how many of those types of matches did you have? The first one in the country.
1: The it would be the first ladder match and the first barbed wire match. Um, maybe a couple other things along the way. They're the two that stand out to me. Um, but my, they're the famous two. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, you know, people sometimes recollect you know the small fraternity of australian wrestling fans
2: well i know that you did a podcast with jxt yes. and if anyone hasn't listened to that um yeah. go and listen to that because it's a two-parter and it was compelling yeah. i absolutely loved it and uh you spoke about the barbed wire match mm-hmm. in that and uh, on the back of that it sort of reappeared on the
1: internet oh okay the, the thing is though and i'm not sure the the one that you're referring to but there's There's one footage where there's actually a hard cam. And I think that's that one. That actually is not even close to how barbaric it really was to the one of the roaming, which is actually not out there. I have a copy of that somewhere on VHS. I think my daughter asked to see it recently. But that one actually. because hard cam is obviously up in one angle. You and should it, sell it to Mikey. You can put it on and, his network. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to see it. But it <laughs> certainly there are Be certain surprised. elements of that match that in the roaming camera version and the cameraman we had at the time was very good um, that are a heck of a lot more brutal than what it looks like even in the hard cam.
2: And when you watch them back and you, you see the brutal moments, do you even cringe at some of the things that you've put yourself through?
1: Um, yeah. I never took one risk that I... That I never carefully th- thought through and, and um, you know, planned out, thought I was capable of it. So I took always calculated risks. I never, I think that's why even in everything that I did, I never actually hurt myself. You know, I, of course, I got banged up and everything and, and you know, cuts and everything like that. But, um all things considered for the things that i did and there's a lot of that people didn't even see you know because there was not so much of a period like now with social media and that um it's it's actually by the grace of god that i didn't hurt myself more severely really
0: and it's the trust also that you've got to have in the bloke that you're working with th- to make that happen i mean in a normal wrestling match yeah, you still got to have that trust but it just you know it goes through and it just happens and it's done but in giving suplexes off the top of a cage and yeah. rocking a bloke and, and, you know, giving pole driving someone off the top of a ladder and all this sort of mm. – you've got to have so much trust in the other person.
1: And I think – no, no, I agree 100%. A, a trust and a faith that um, what they believe they can do, they can actually do. <laughs> um, because, because you don't get
0: the chance to practice it too much. No, I mean these are,
1: And with most of the things in those type of matches, you can't practice them. No. I mean, you, you'll talk about them. You'll um, – Cut as many corners out of the high risk element, element that you can, but there's just there's just um, and this is why they are as dangerous as they are. There's such a balls to the wall element to it where you just get to a point where you go, and and I think that's for, that's something I, I think I did sort of take pride in. Not and it's not something I would suggest other people do. But if you saw me in a match like that, I went all out. You mm, know. You I, did it was um and to my detriment I, I understand that sometimes but i always felt if you said you're going to do this then do this you know and the, the people were sitting there watching it they go oh okay i felt as if i got my money's worth so. did
0: you ever ever fear for your life in a match
1: no never once never it, once it, or- it never crossed my mind i don't not that i recollect to be honest it's yeah. a good question. Um. No, the only time that anything might have crept in a little bit about the element of danger being on on another level was the barbed wire match and I think I've said it before, but i I'll, I'll mention it is I do remember being in the back and i'm I'm someone who always prayed before matches and um and I remember being in a corner of the room and um saying a prayer and and knowing that you know what we're about to do and and how heavy we're about to go um and i remember thinking there was an element of fear there just a little bit that crept in and then all of a sudden i had that that um sort of epiphany the just fuck it and you know and, and one, i'm not saying that that's the ideal yeah. but if you're going to go into an environment like that there has to be an element attached to it where um of course you're thinking of your safety of course you're thinking of your opponent's safety and you're you're covering as many bases as, as humanly possible you don't walk into an environment like, like that to be careful. No, you know? and,
0: and what we're um, the other thing we're talking about also is you did it at a time when there wasn't much in wrestling, and 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 I know you're not a material man, and money doesn't mean that much to you, but you were doing it for fifty bucks a match. You were doing it for twenty five dollars a match. Guys like Mankind and that are going out there in WWE and earning a million dollars a year, and that's why they do what they do. Mm. But to do exactly the same stunts back here for 50 bucks, was it worth Um, it? And why did you do
1: it? I suppose you'd you'd say, um, to answer the first question, was it worth it? I suppose anything that you do, you want to say or feel as if you did it to the best of your ability. So I'd say in that regard, yes, because I feel that I did do it at that point in my life to the best of my ability. I had certain dreams and ambitions as a wrestler, you know, as everybody does, and um, I wanted to try to achieve those, and to an extent I believe that I did. So, um, and when you think back, you know, as you get older and, you know, and the pages of time turn real quick, Mm -hmm. um, you like to think back and uh, be proud of the things that you can actually hang your hat on. I'm proud um, that I might have played a small part, even if it's the smallest part in maybe – um a fan's expectation when they came to a show and they paid their money that um if a certain thing was promised and if my name was attached to it hopefully they were going to get um the same that they would hope for maybe even more you know so i can't i can never feel bad about that and um yeah i you know are are there elements um that you might think back and think you'd done slightly different That anyone would be silly to say that they wouldn't but um I don't. I honestly, with my hand and my heart, I don't have an an iota of regret. Really, Um, you make the choices that you make at that point in your life, and um, I I stick by them. You know, and um, yeah, no, I I loved every second of it. You know, beautiful.
2: And some of those matches, when you're getting in the ring and having like a super brutal match against a Mad Dog or a Spike Steel, when you come out of the ring, is there um, how much extra respect and like brotherhood with the person you've shared that with, is there?
1: Yeah, there is. Uh, that 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 is something that, you know, a lot of the people, you know, with everything over the years being exposed and open and everything, there are so many elements of the business that people will never understand or maybe I suppose uh, – fully comprehend and that's that's fine and it should be like that there should be parts of it that are still
2: it's the same with every sport like if you've never played basketball professionally you're not going to understand it
1: 100 percent. so um yeah there there is a a large component of when you've gone out there and you've i suppose you've had a moment you know and and maybe the match was a multitude of moments uh, you know in one collective or maybe it was just you know something delivering on a certain level of whatever it is there's no doubt that the you and the guy that you've just had that moment with and hopefully made a little bit of magic with um there is a there's a connection there i think and it, and it stays you know there's a level of respect that goes up and um you know i think it's a two way street with that and um and i think the part of it is i don't think it's twofold it's um you both share something Important and you've shared it together, but also to you, if done properly, the two of you have come out of it better than how you went in, like every match should be. Um, Whether it be um, you've gained a certain level of experience or a piece of knowledge or or a perception that the fans have of you now, whatever it is, you should walk out of every situation better than when you walked in. And uh, I think if you can achieve that, then you've done your job and i think part of that is what's attached to having that connection with that individual for you know for the rest of time i i i've never been a person that gets close with people i'm just you know, i'm not a, against friends or anything like that but um yeah you you do create a connection that i think is uh, life lasting a bit unspoken yeah very much so yeah very much so and and, and you might not see these people for years, and then when you see them again, there there is something there. There's there's, there's something there that's uh, special attached to it. For me, there is. Maybe everyone can't stand right.
0: <laughs> Definitely for me too, no doubt.
2: What, the one person who hit you with a...
3: Two x four.
2: Two
0: by four chair or something? Yeah, yeah. Who was it? I can't remember who it was. So you shared nothing. No, I mean,
3: <laughs> no, you're not. Your son's got more scars about that at that <laughs> night. When you're bringing these new elements uh, to the Australian scene, what's the previous generation of wrestlers was it the negative aspect to it or um
1: look there was there's always going to be a sense of um you're doing it all wrong you know and and you know as, as an experienced person seeing someone maybe risk more than they would i can understand someone thinking that you know um but you can't stop you can't stop momentum and at one point, you know, when when a drop kick was a high spot and maybe a finish, not just a high spot but a finish.
2: Your abdominal stretch was a finish at
1: exactly, one stage. Yeah, exactly. So maybe at at one stage that person saying that, um might have gone through it themselves on a different level so when you sort of look at it like that you understand it i, I never took offense to I, ne- I didn't hear a lot of it but i never took offense to it i understand it that's um that's the evolution of anything in this world people always think you're you're doing it wrong or you should be doing it like this or whatever it is and there's i've always said with wrestling every element attached to it there's no right or wrong is what works best and what works best on one night might not be what works best on another night. So there's no right or wrong or black or white or anything. It's just uh, the specific moment, specific match, specific crowd, and, and maybe that's the particular thing that crowd is needing or looking for. And if you break it down like that, I think you can never be offended by anyone's outlook on it. You know.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, though, but back in those days of the, the 80s and the 90s, a lot was built around the main event, everything else was superfluous to the main event, even to the extent that when I started booking and promoting my own shows, the advice that I got was you can't have something good at the start because otherwise we're going to be chopping off heads and Mm -hmm. eating chicken's heads at the end to get people's attention. Correct. And and it was totally wrong, but you went along with it because that's the way it was done. Yeah, exactly But everything was built around that final stanza.
1: But even in, in saying that, there's there's a huge element of truth in, in that belief that um, everything... Look, the show shouldn't be necessarily like a pyramid structured to only be the focal point, the main event, but the night should blow off with the main event. Without a doubt, yes. Th- there's no... Sure. All day, every day, that that's how a wrestling show, it should peak at the final point. Now, that can be presented and delivered in, in a million different ways. Yeah. But, yeah, certain... Um, uh, certain things need to be kept uh, under wraps on the undercard. Maybe certain uh, allowances shouldn't be made, and so on and so. On. And the card structured in such a way that it crescendos at the right point, mm. so it builds and builds and builds. Um, but hey, the other part of it too is if the if the first match on the card steals a show. Then the first match on the card steals the show. Yeah. You know, so that's just the way it is. We've all
2: seen movies where the first scene's the best scene and then it goes downhill from there. Absolutely. And look, a wrestling, a night of wrestling should be like any night of entertainment. So if you go to a movie or you go to the theatre, it needs to keep you engaged the whole time. So you want peaks and troughs. Yeah. And as you said, the end should be what you leave talking about.
1: 100%. And the thing is, too, you should never see a show where the same it's the same tone all the way through. There should be an element. It's, 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 it's the definitive three-ring circus. There's a little bit of something for everybody. When it finally gets to the point of that element that attracts you, that's got you. Every other part should be interesting enough to keep you still there. But, yeah, there will always be elements of a show that have you more hooked than other elements. And I mean, Joey it Ryan's be like got,
2: got a good career because some people want to come for a laugh.
1: 100%. And, and that that uh, audience involvement element of wrestling is a very large component to the success of a live show. You know, So some people, yeah, there are absolutely some people that come and they want to see that. Uh, you know, balls to the wall, great wrestling match. And there's other people that just want to see that interactive part. You know, hey, make me part of it too, and that's fine. That's and the wrestlers who fine. can
2: do all of it, they're the ones who you want on your show.
1: Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. Most memorable match for you? Um, I'm not sure, really. I, I've, I, thankfully, you know, I, I'm proud of. There's quite a few that I'm proud of. Yeah, it should be. Um... You know, I, I I suppose for me it always was um, what the the other wrestler got out of it. I always actually judged it off what the other wrestler got out yeah. of it. If um, if the fans enjoyed it, there was always an added bonus in that. Um, so yeah, I uh, you know, the, look the the barbed wire matches and ladder matches and everything—they're easy to hang your hat on those because they they made the uh, the louder statements. Um, but there might have been you know some moments of. Uh, maybe stepping in the ring with somebody who maybe yeah, wasn't yeah. very good yeah. and um, you presented a match that, that people actually thought that actually wasn't too bad. Uh, that might have been even better than something more of, you know, the uh, the spectacle element because um, it was more of a challenge, you know. Um, but, yeah, I a lot of things that I was very proud of, you know.
0: And is there one worker that you worked particularly better with than anyone else? Not not putting um, out singling anyone out, but, <laughs> but obviously there would be someone that was there out there that you you and him just always worked well.
1: I think um I I was very lucky in that I, I um right in the, the middle of my career I I hit a batch of, of absolute, you know, young, hungry lions and that was the PCW guys and was super, super um I think, I think they found me more than I found them, mm. to be honest. But um, I, I always felt that I, um, I had a certain level of uh, a magic, I suppose, with a Jason Houghton and uh, with a Spike Steel. Um, there was always something, I suppose, something you couldn't put your finger on um, that uh, it just, it, it, the way it should be is that it should flow. And there shouldn't be anything forced, and it should be um, such a, a natural element attached to it. And I had it that it stands out just off you know, at the top of my head now with those two people. Um, and yeah, like Jason was the definitive um, experienced worker. Yeah. he might have been uh, up until that point maybe one of the most experienced people I'd ever been in the ring with. And then you've got Spike—that's that that potential field, um, hungry that he's, he's ready to make a statement, and he just wants someone to help him make that statement. So sometimes you meet, like even Slex though. Um, I had uh, I had a very special match once with Slex in Adelaide, and and he was young. He Has was, he
2: ever had a bad
1: match, Slex? No, no. Slex, <laughs> Slex was Slex was quality from from the time that he. Now I think I remember races. this. This is
0: this is really early in his career. Like this is yeah, one of his really early At early. theater at theater. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. this. This just a, went off. There was yeah it was it was a sickening match
1: it, and it was to be very honest it was probably one of my last um and that would have been about i don't know maybe 2005 or something yeah. but it was probably one of my last decent ones um, but sometimes it, it, a a great moment can be met by two roads meeting at the same point because i know i'm i'm on my way down and you a blind person can see he's on his way up And, um, and as an, as a, someone who's on their way out, like me, you want to try and make a a final statement as much as you can. And then with someone like him, he wants to make his first statement. So you get that perfect, uh, pattern just sort of meshes in. And, um, I just remember in the middle of the match thinking, yeah, not only is this, is this clicking, but He's he's something special, and this is um you know fifteen years ago, Mm. and he hasn't changed. He's just got better. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, Is there anyone that you see at the moment who you think, geez, I could have made magic with that guy who you didn't get to wrestle?
1: Geez, nearly everyone, nearly everyone. That because the quality has has just gone through the roof. There was a time when you would go to a show and there would be maybe one or two people, and now that has switched the other way. So there'd be one or two who were decent. And now there'll be one or two who aren't because there's so much quality on the show now that, and and it's just, it's great to see that that standard has just gone through the roof across the board in every element of it. Um, So yeah, to answer that question, like, God, nearly anyone out there that people would think, you know, I I see people all the time where I'll go, yeah, like I would have had something really good with that individual. I would have loved to wrestle that person at my peak or something like that. Yeah. and that's fun to think about, you know, but yeah, there's 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 so much incredible, literally incredible talent um, that you wouldn't know where to start, you yeah. know, oh, an abundance right. of riches.
3: Uh. I read in an interview online, uh, you had a fair few matches with the Enforcer. Yes. And he says you're his his, his favorite opponent because you always made him raise his game. Um yeah. For people that don't know now, like obviously he retired this year, at his peak, his physical ability, how much better was he than everyone else?
1: He, he was, when it comes to um, uh, uh, acrobatics and, you know, just, I suppose, the full potential of the human body, the, no one could match him. There was no, I've never seen anybody and still to this day, nobody um, that I've seen or even out there right now in Australian wrestling. Um and he was another person going on from that question from before that um, first time I stepped in the ring with him, I it, it was absolutely natural and, and something different on another level. Um, but that, that had 100% more to do with um, how good he was. And he had such a complete understanding and control of his body that you could never... You could never go wrong, you know. So when someone has that kind of control over themselves and what they're capable of and knows their limitations and their strengths and everything like that, and then you can obviously involve it in a story and, you know, the the cool high spots and everything like that, um, you've got the potential to create something memorable there. And every time I stepped foot in the ring with him, it it was something special. So um, he might have been one of the first people I wrestled at PCW, um, where I remember thinking, "Wow, this, this guy's incredible. He's really incredible." So no, no, I I've always had the absolute utmost respect for Sean.
2: And even his last match was as good as anyone's having still at his age.
1: I was there. I, <laughs> was I saw there you. And um, <laughs> he look he he's the 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 wrestler the time forgot. You know. Um, He's uh, he's always been to that level, that standard, you know, it never mattered the crowd or the, what number match he was or whatever it was, and that's when, you know, you have a quality, a quality person and obviously a quality performer where he doesn't care where you've showcased him or whatever it is, he'll make whatever you've given him shine because he knows he can, you know, and he doesn't do it in an arrogant way. That's something, you know, a lot of people could sort of learn from because he doesn't have to, it's just his in-ring performance will just, it'll speak volumes, you know.
0: I want to talk to you about something you just broke up, uh, brought up in regards to the standard of wrestling at the moment and just how good it is. Is that good for Australian wrestling or bad for Australian wrestling at the moment? Having so many good wrestlers out there, is it is it making it tougher? Uh, to put a Formula One analogy. Those single car racing teams find it hard to come up against Mercedes and and all those sort of teams. Is it making it harder for the smaller promotion of which you've had a, a fair bit to do with over the time yeah. to survive?
1: Yeah, look, uh, look, maybe it is, and 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 maybe it should. Maybe it should. Maybe um, maybe that uh, the standard has got to the point that either you're you're going along with the standard or you're falling by the wayside. So maybe that's not the worst thing in the world. That you're either understanding you need to pick up your game, whether it be as an individual or as a promotion, mm-hmm. or you're just going to be left behind. So you can still stay, you know, you can still stay what you are if you choose to. Um, or you'll just be, you won't even be left behind, you'll just be forgotten. You know, you're just, just in the in the review mirror type thing. Um, so yeah, look, it, it's, it's always good, you know, from, a, let's call it from a business perspective, that um, the wrestlers are better than they've ever been. They look better than they've ever been, um, and that the overall quality of the shows that have been delivered across the board are uh, you know literally unmatched in any other time in Australian wrestling that I know of, so I think all day every day that that'll always be good you know you hope that um, of course you hope that it's sustainable and you hope that um, that we still keep the elements of You know, some of the old school things, you know, the respect element and everything like that. Because, yeah, sometimes success can breed, you know, um, it can breed. Contempt? Not not enough contempt is the word, but maybe, um, you know, certain attitudes and that. And I've seen a little bit of it. But, hey, look, the one thing you will always know about a young person is you will always get um, attitude and inconsistency. So I got no issue with that. You know, I understand mm-hmm. that when you're dealing with a young person as you always have those elements attached to it. You get a little bit of ego, a little bit of attitude and everything. And that's that's fine. As long as it's always directed towards the right path, which is the better betterment of themselves as performers. And um, obviously, Australian wrestling advancing still forward. And that it's not to our detriment long term, of course. But no, no, a young person will always be like that, you know, so... I, I, it doesn't ever shock me or surprise me. Just um, it's part of the training element where you, when you see that, you pull people into line. You have a talk to them. You do the best that you can to guide them and and get them on back onto the right track. You know, you hope that you can anyway.
0: We talk about people in the business and people that you have the utmost respect for. I sort of have a feeling I think that there probably is no one more that you respect more in the business than a guy called George Julio. Mm. And and to the extent that. He was nearly a second father for you, wasn't he, through the the very early stages of your wrestling career?
1: I think uh, probably not. I suppose you know, like a like it says in his name, like Godfather. Yeah. Really, um, he was a confidant. He was very much, and I suppose um, you know, when you break in and and you see um, your first opportunity to step through those ropes you're always going to remember the person who gave you that first opportunity. Well, I do. I think, you know, maybe not everybody does, but I do. Um, Because just as easily as um, you get let in, you could also be told to fuck off, you know, and, um, you know, we're not going to give you a shot. We're not going to give you an opportunity, whatever it is. So I've never forgotten what that was or what that meant to me personally. And so over the years, when um, George has needed, you know, help with things, with his promotion, everything, I've... Um, I'll always be the first, to the best of my ability, of course, help out. Because I, I, um, I'll I, never forget that uh, the door had to be open by somebody yeah. so that I could have an opportunity to live my dream. And George gave me that, that first opportunity to sort of hold the door ajar for me. So I've always had, yeah, you're absolutely correct, the utmost respect and time and admiration for him. I do think sometimes that people forget that, you know, we have success in everything now, but we only have it through the sustained hard work of people like George Julia. And when I say people like George Julia, it suggests that there are other people involved. Actually, there isn't. It's just George Giulio. Um, So if you wanted to say what's one of the true constants of Australian wrestling for the last 30, 40 years, George Julia is the only thing that would actually come up, you know, in every conversation. So I think whether we want to acknowledge it or we don't, we all in some regard owe a level um, of respect and uh, admiration for what he's allowed people to do, me included, and um, has always put his hand out to a lot of people that a lot of other people wouldn't have. You know what I mean? Maybe they, I don't know, were were too fat or... uh, too slow or too short or it, it, george has never that's never been you know george is he, he'll help and guide in whatever way that he thinks that he can you know and he won't pass judgment or anything like that so yeah yeah there's there's a lot to admire in an individual like that because
2: when world championship wrestling um ended lost its tv contract uh, george was pretty new into the world championship wrestling at the time Correct. without him
1: the, the industry could have ended absolutely and he's he's the uh the conduit between the um the successful period and the, the successful period of today you know the world championship wrestling and the festival hall and everything and what we're living in today um it could easily be argued that we might not be in the position we're in um or at least be as prepared as we were for when opportunity and hard work and all that met at that at that one point. Well, there was a period of time where there was in. no training schools. No, there no, was George's It was, was George's, just George's, George's gym. gym. That's it. It was just George. So, yeah, look, you know, it, every, you've got to start somewhere. Every, every every trip in the world starts with that, that first point. And whether your only point was George or you used it as a stepping stone to other places you went, it was still, you know, the only place to, to really start and to sort of um, – more than anything, I think, yeah, of course you'd learn the fundamentals and everything like that, but learn respect, you know. And uh, and he certainly drummed that into you, you know, from the from the get-go, from the get-go, you know.
3: And he was that sought after that carload of people would go pick him up and then take him back so he could train that's right. personally. So, <laughs> no, no, correct, know, obviously correct. Obviously it was worth it.
1: No, no, correct. And, I mean, in, in every component of everything in, in Melbourne wrestling that's successful today, PCW, MCW, there's a piece of it in some way, shape, or form attached to George. If you were to do, you know, it's six degrees of George Julio, literally. Every yeah.
2: show's got wrestlers that have trained under George, yep. and just about every show's got promoters and bookers who've worked with George.
1: Exactly right. So there's been in some way, shape, or form a component of influence in some regard from George Giulio, whether it be a small piece or a large piece. So, you know, I, I like... To the best of my ability, try to make people recollect that you know, because it's nice to celebrate the success that we're having today. And that, but um, we need to remember that that the house that everyone's living in got built by him.
2: Well, when uh, the best um, example of it that I've seen was at Enforcers' last match, when George walked in with uh, War Machine. Yep, and I feel like every single wrestling fan in that building was like, "Oh, he's here." And Absolutely. not only that, we Absolutely. were sitting with a lot of workers and every single one of them went and kissed the proverbial ring.
1: No, uh- oh, no, no. And look, I, it's it's nice to hear that, the, you know, that that level of respect was shown and, and it shouldn't be forgotten, you know, um, that uh, we wouldn't be where we are without, like I said, not only his influence and instilling all that respect and everything like that. But keeping it going during a time when we were a laughing stock.
2: Yeah, we're out of Gatsby somehow keeping the lights on.
1: 100%. Like people forget, or maybe people don't even want to remember or don't know. Tony would know. Yeah. We, we, we were a laughing stock, you know, when people went to watch it to take the piss out of it, and um, they went to find the holes in what we did and, and poke fun at it and everything like that.
0: Thank cross social media wasn't around at that time. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> God no, we almighty, some of the posts that would have come.
1: We would have been eaten alive. We would have been eaten alive. <laughs> So, yeah, like, and, and that's probably a very large component of, of why I respect him is that he could have easily faded out or gone into simply walking away. It would have been easier, him. easier to walk away. Absolutely. It's always easier to close the door than open it. You George isn't right?
0: a man that takes the easy path, though. No, that's right. No, a guy no, that right. came over from Malta and, and started life again over here in Australia. Absolutely. Never been an easy thing.
1: He's had a very hard life, and um, yeah, like so. I, I personally, you know, I, every chance that I get, um, I always, I show the level of respect that I think is due, and um, and hopefully that stays, you know, around for a long time to come.
0: And the promotion that George has been obviously around with for a while is New Age Wrestling, yes. NAW, and you speak about that respect and anything you can do to help. Your time's come. You're back. You're back in yeah, um, to sort of help with the promotion.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like uh, like the Godfather 3, just when you think you're out there, pull you back in. <laughs> um, so, no, I'm just – I'm helping. Um, I remember saying to a few people that it needs to become self-sustaining um, because you can't, you know, get it to a certain level and you step away and then after two months it goes back. It shouldn't be like that. So there's some there's some decent, some very decent people there um, that I'm just trying to sort of guide and, and do the best that I can personally. Um, potential is a dirty word, especially if you don't yeah, live up sure. to it. You know, if you don't live up to it, it's just simply a, it's just a word. But, um, in like saying before with George, um, there's been a lot of genuine talent that's come out of NAW, a lot of genuine, uh, quality talent. And, and there is an incredible amount of quality talent right there now. Um, and it's probably for me beyond just helping George, one of my main focal points is that I can actually see it and acknowledge it. Um, It just needs to be guided. It's like a rocket, you know, just, yeah, you can, you can, you can fire off and you're going to do a huge explosion, but I still need, you still need to guide it right. And, um, and there's some incredible talent that are there. And it's actually, for me, ever since I stopped wrestling, what's been the biggest privilege for me is uh, assisting young wrestlers and, trying to get the best out of them, you know.
0: So is it an opportunity to turn a promotion like a New way dressing into an NXT-type promotion where you become that promotion where the younger kids learn their craft and they they get involved and they start doing it, and then you become a feeder for the bigger promotions, the, the MCWs, the PCWs, all the other
1: ones? Look, probably the principle of it, yes. Um, it's so far at the moment away from where it can and where it should be, I, I probably wouldn't look that far down the track. Yeah. But does it have the potential to be, yeah, like you said, a feeder group? Um, of course, because if you've got, you know, the, all the right ingredients there, why not? You know, um, and if you've put things in place that, like I said, if it can be self-sustaining and um, the success can continue and people can be given an environment where, Maybe the uh, the standard of things has improved a little bit, and maybe they realise that uh, everyone needs to pick up a little bit. Then, of course, literally, you know, the world's uh, it's oyster type yeah. thing. It could be anything. It literally could be anything in AW. Um, right now, it's just uh, it's just trying to find its feet again, um, and just personally, just trying to help out. Um, and yeah, I'm I am doing it at the moment uh, for George. Right yeah. now, I'm, I I don't shy away from that, and I make no apologies for that. It's it's for George and um and but ever since I've been slightly getting myself involved again slowly, and I've been watching the shows and that again, I I would probably say now that a larger component of why I'm back or, or sticking around anyway is um there's some genuine not only quality wrestlers but quality people there. And um, I think I said to you guys before, I'll, I'll attach my wagon to quality person yeah. all day, every day. So
2: that part of it, I absolutely love, no doubt. Beautiful. And that's, that's the key. Like you'll come back initially to help your mate and someone who you look up to. But once you get there and you get your eyes on a few young guys who are keen to learn mm-hmm. and they want to pick your brain, but more importantly that they're taking your advice and using it, That's gonna like that's gonna make you stick around longer.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, it's always nice to be in a place that actually wants you around, you know. (laughs) Um, So, look, they lost faith in themselves. Uh, You know, uh, you when you book a show, when you book an independent show, at least the way I do it, you book from the locker room out. So right now, it's about um, trying to recreate some level of um, respect amongst themselves, respect for themselves. Um, I think quite a few of them might have actually forgotten how good they had the potential to be. And uh, and it's gradual steps. It, it's, it's not an overnight process where, you know, you just turn, you know, one page to the next and all of a sudden it's, wow, we're, we're where we want it to be. It's, it's so far from that. It's not funny. Um, but, you know, there are pieces in place there that could certainly, with time, with hard work, with sacrifice, commitment all the all those beautiful buzzwords um it could be something special again and
2: seeing seeing like what the wrestlers at a pcw were able to do where they all got behind the promotion um and promoted their own appearance and helped sell tickets is that the kind of um camaraderie you're looking to instill in the in the team at naw look i think
1: you know you're that's that's when i when i said about you book from the locker room out um There's no greater promoter for a show than the wrestler who's attached to it. So if a wrestler believes that they're individually being showcased, being uh, trusted, respected, um, guided right, all those things, they'll advertise a show better than a thousand Facebook posts could. Um, Those things then domino effect to eventually translating to a better in-ring product but that's a very gradual process that because when when people uh um when when failure is the only flavor that you've tasted for such a long time it, it can take a while to get used to a different flavor and yeah. success success tastes very good you know <laughs> well,
2: but it's, it's an old footy term like the beer tastes nicer after a win so 100%, um, 100%, it's 100%. the same if you you have a good show like the 100%. celebration afterwards a lot sweeter,
1: and and they have the potential to have, not measured against anyone else's success, just their own, just competing against themselves. So on a monthly basis, they've got the potential to to do great things and to move forward in leaps and bounds, no doubt.
2: And not to mention that the drinks are cheap at NAW. So if anyone <laughs> in it. Melbourne wants to get down there,
1: it's a it's a good night out. Correct. We've got a, a show at uh, Pure, um, which is this Saturday, and also our Albion show, which is the 11th of uh, May.
2: Yeah, so when this goes there, the Pure Show will have already been, but yes. we will have talked about it last week. Yes. Um, but the show this weekend is the uh, Albion Show. Yes, 11th uh, of
1: May for that show. So that's
2: doors uh, open, night. Doors open at 6.30, Show bell time's
1: 7.30. Yes, and it's on the Facebook page, all the details. Yeah, so I mean,
2: look, if you're a wrestling fan in Australia, um, like I know that we do it, we just follow all of the Promotions Facebook pages mm. because um, – you see what's going on. You see, you see, you can join in the growth of companies, and you can support them when you've got a free night, which is really important.
1: I think. See, and to me, that's what I love. And that's going back to when I was talking about NA, NWA going to WCW. It was tremendous to be part of the growth of watching them just evolve over time. And and a hundred percent, you can do the same with an independent promotion as you become a fan of it, most likely you firstly attach yourself to an individual on the show. You see something in them that you like, something maybe you're attracted to or whatever it is, or it just really impacts on you in whatever way. And then hopefully over time, if you really enjoy that product on a regular basis, you can slowly start becoming part of that success and maybe evolution as it grows it's always a nice thing you
2: know? yeah 100 percent. because i know that australian fans are uh, we take some pride in the fact that some of the guys we've and girls we've watched locally are now working in the biggest companies in the world yeah. uh, gino gambino was commentating new japan um at the moment he's it's the gro- what Australian wrestling is doing, you just feel like you own a part of it because yeah, you've yeah. helped support it as it's gone Absolutely. through. Absolutely. Uh, that's it, the one show you it. commentated the Dragonfly. <laughs> I mean, as a fan, that, that wow. one <laughs> show put us on the map. <laughs> <laughs> Actually,
1: didn't the Dragonfly close after this? Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> food, that? Yeah. Was, that was unrelated food poisoning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things that I think is evident now through wrestling is that there seems to be a lot of, trying to look at, for the right word here. A sharing, you won't get it. Sh- sharing of intelligence. <laughs> uh, the older guys that have been in the business for a while are more than happy to work with the younger guys and, and bring them through, knowing that it's going to improve the show. Would, was that what it was like when you were younger? Were, were the older guys happy to reach out and say, yeah, now this is how we do it, this is how we're going to make this show good? Or once again, was it all based around that main
1: event? Okay, the fate. rest didn't matter. Yeah, I think, look... Not so much. Yeah, yeah, not so much, to be honest. The short answer to that is, is not so much. It's just whether it was more of a protected b- business back then or whether it was the fact that maybe um, a jealousy thing because you're a younger person, more athletic, I, it's probably something that they'd be better answer, to answer. But I, I definitely feel as most if, of them are dead, so it's yeah, hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think no doubt the one, the one fantastic part of um, maybe the generation after that is that the people that when they 've had their time in from the in ring product that they 're happy to give back you know i've always had the idea that there's two kinds of people with wrestling there's people who set the table who set the table up and there's people who come and eat at the table and maybe people someone like me are just in a position to just maybe help set the table and that's fine i i don't have an issue personally yeah. i don't have an issue with that if If I can play in any small part in that um that's a sense of pride in that in itself. Um, you know, do, is there a part, you know, where you think back and go, oh, do you wish that at the peak of your wrestling, there was Australian wrestling sort of was what it was now? Yeah, of course. But everything has to get to where it is in some way. And, um, it wasn't what it was, what it is now. And that's just how it was. You know that very well. Mm. Um, but the good stuff in some regard led to the resurgence of Australian wrestling, I think you know that can't be argued because no matter what show you ever went to, even there was more negative than positive, some of that did domino effect onto fans and other wrestlers, and that positive element to it always was gonna somehow in the end come out, you know it couldn't always be dark so yeah, and look you we've spoken
2: a lot about George's legacy, but your own legacy. Um, is it's actually casting a shadow over the industry at the moment, in my opinion, like a, a positive in a positive way, um, because without you know PWA, we don't have PWA in Sydney, which is producing some of the best wrestlers the country's ever produced. Um, Jay Andrews probably leaves the business and isn't head trainer over at MCW. So a lot of what you did is the actual cause of what we're enjoying watching at the moment
1: i look i just i always felt that um you know i i experienced the best and the worst of things as a wrestler and i could see myself the way that you treated people how it got the most out of them and how you treated them negatively completely squashed someone's dreams and took whatever whatever ambitions and everything they had and you just literally scrumped it up and just put it in the bin for them um so i just Realize a long time. Firstly, as a wrestler, you have a, an obligation to, when you get to a certain level, to do everything you can to try and bring people up. There's no benefit in looking down and bringing the ladder up so no one can reach up to your level. To me, there's much more pride and much more passion in the fact that you can actually guide people up and even better, push them further than where you were. If you can do that, there's a future for the business that you are loving so much so if i played any small part in that then you know that's that's a fantastic thing um i i gave everything no one can argue different um whether it be as a wrestler or as a promoter Um, both
2: physically financially
1: yeah yeah no i i never i never shortchanged anybody um but uh, well, one person probably yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But that's but you know, if when you're doing what you love, it, yeah. you, you sort of justify it. You know, it's it's like any relationship. It it there might be elements of it where you go, oh, that's not ideal. You know, that <laughs> that's not what I hope for. But because that love part of it is such a large component of that, you excuse everything else. And, and you and I, I'll admit, I money never drove me um the ambition was never for perceived success where you know i I can make people think that we were doing well but really in essence we were sinking i I just wanted more than anything that you were pushing people forward leaving things better than how you found them that's that's a difficult thing to do in australian wrestling um and i think if every individual literally went off that just that thinking if you leave things better than how you found them in one small part or in a large part, you go a long way towards uh, keeping the foundation going.
2: It's a good lesson in life for anything mm. you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But um, no, I, I, think, um, I think I've been very blessed, actually. I think I've been very blessed because starting with Tony and, and the old timers, the one thing that I value in that time is um, I got put in my place very early. And Everyone did. Yeah, and and for me that was a great thing. And for, for every there was young never person, never of words was it? No, there? no. But it's no. a great thing, you know, because as a, a young person, shy kid wouldn't have done well in that situation. No, 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 not at all. But the greatest thing that can happen to you as a young person when you think everything you think is right is to someone to say you couldn't be more wrong, and shut your mouth and just listen more. You take offence to it at the time. But over time you start to understand that you're gonna learn more by listening than by talking. How many times you in know, your
2: life have you given a kid advice that you took as offence to you when you were younger and you still pass that message yeah, on Very later much. On.
1: No, 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 very much. So to me I yeah, as much as that that was a challenging period, um there's there's a lot of it, that, um, it was that I valued it. Yeah, it was. For yeah. me, it certainly was. Oh, it was for everyone. And I yeah. remember at the time when I first started with ACW, I was getting asked by the younger guys at the time and that why I wasn't going to the Ica Club and joining them. And I remember thinking at the time, yeah, that's where all the, the better talent was, you know, in the yeah. other places. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember thinking that. Um, I'll start thinking my shit doesn't stink if I go over there. You know what I mean. But,
0: all, but also, to the extent that too, you were work, you were working with some guys who'd been around the business for a long time and who mm. knew the business pretty well. Correct. And if you are going to learn the business, they were the right blokes to learn it from. They yeah. they might not have known how to deliver the message properly. Yes. But it was still very. <laughs> there was still a lot to learn.
1: Yeah, and and that's true. Like they might not have been able to show you how do you do a Frankensteiner from the top row. Yeah. But. You're right. When it when it came to and even if not passing on the information, but watching them work because they were very good at making a little go a long way. And over time, you start to understand that phrase a lot more, and and you start to understand the importance of that phrase. So for me, it, it got it kept me humble. So I'll always value that. And it it, it kept me in line. You yeah. know, as a young wrestler, the first thing you're going to do is you, you can't wait to get off off the track you know what I mean you can't wait you, you do everything that you can within your power with your actions with your words to freaking get completely derailed mm. um they always brought you back on track yeah they know? did very
0: much so and, and you're and we uh, you said before that you did it because you loved it and money didn't drive you was that did that make it easier for you to walk away from the business and to retire the fact that you didn't really need wrestling
1: look maybe yeah maybe I suppose um And it's funny, you know, I I probably went through stages in my life where I felt I needed it, you know, because like any any relationship, um, it does have its ups and downs. I never fell out of love with it. Um, That's the one true constant with wrestling is being part of it or or completely on the out of it. I I love it now, if not more than I ever have. Um, But it wasn't what defined my life. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And it wasn't the reason I got up in the morning. And and someone could look at that and go, Oh, well, it should be. Okay, no problem. I'm not gonna argue that. Um it 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 was my passion, it was my love, and for many years it was it was the cog in which everything revolved around. But I also understood that there'd come a time when your time was done. And when my time was done, I was happy, at least from a regular basis, to step off to the side. Of course every now and again your ego says do another one here or there or something, and I'll admit that I'm as bad as any any other person that retires because that, that calling comes yeah. back so strong. But I um, I I had I think also to the large component of why I had no issue stepping away or at least stepping to the side was that I felt I had left things better than how I found them to the best of my ability. And, um, yeah, so I, it's as much as I could do at the time, you know.
0: It's actually quite a, a weird thing to people who – do what you do, and I could understand how they could nearly feel immortal, <laughs> to the extent that you know, geez, if that didn't kill me, nothing's going to bloody kill me.
1: Uh, uh, Terry I Funk's w- still wrestling, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I wish I wish I could say I felt immortal. No, no, I I feel more mortal than ever. Um, look, I, I think um, I I was very lucky. I, I know that, um, and I I feel very blessed. That with all the risks that I took, somehow, some way, it just you know it didn't have really everlasting effects. Of course, you go through some of the major injuries that you, might, that you had. Besides, uh, I've got nerve damage in my lower back and a torn medial ligament in my right knee, which I've had for since about two thousand. I'm actually pretty good. It's amazing it or not. that it really um, is. Aches and pains, and of course, like oh, anyone course, else, yeah, yeah, yeah. and God, I, I get them. It. Yeah, it's just yeah. And so, I was a commentator. So, <laughs> But no, no, I'm um, all things considered, like you know, quite. I'm lucky in that regard. But like I said, and this is something that people to to remember, and for young wrestlers is, I I never did something I didn't think I was physically capable of doing. And and the second that you second guess is the second that you doubt. The second that you doubt is the second you don't execute right. So I never put myself in that situation. I never had that kind of self doubt creep in. And if it did, I cut it out. The second that it did for any reason, okay, I just didn't do it. I think that maybe played a part in, you know, walking away (laughs) physically.
0: Well, mate, we really appreciate your time, Lobo. Uh, As we said. It's been an amazing experience for us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a legend of Australian wrestling, mate. And uh, may that legend live on for a long, long time yet in the business. And it's great to see that you're back out helping with uh, New Age wrestling. So everyone support him. Yeah, exactly. We'll definitely <laughs> you. support you, mate. Anything you need, please let us know. We're more than happy to help out Thank here you. on the Turnbuckle. Thanks for coming in, mate. Thanks for everything that you've done no for wrestling problem. so far. And as we
1: said, that continue for a long time. Thank you very much for your time, guys. I appreciate it.
0: Lobo joining us here on the Turnbuckle. We'll take a break. Back with more in just a tick. Welcome back. Second half of the show, uh, oh, boys. Great interview. Well done.
2: Well, well done to you for getting oh, Lobo. You. Oh, sorry. I've in- I've given you a compliment two weeks in a row. No, no, it's I'll improve. Scared
3: now. What do you want?
2: Um. Yeah. You'll find out later.
3: An extra uh, microphone in the studio.
2: Yeah. So that we don't have to share. Who, <laughs> who was that? Uh,
0: who was that music belonging to? Sammy Zayn. Ah, Sammy Zayn. Okay. Reason yes. B.
2: He visited That's Avery nice. today, he got put in the bin.
0: Yeah, it was uh
3: straight in the dumper, back of the truck and everything. So oh. yeah. Braun Strowman took out the trash. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> Poor Sammy was just arriving.
3: I I do look at him match up wise and I I don't feel Braun could actually catch him in a running race, but yeah, yeah he did
0: Well he was in a dead him, end. Yeah, he
3: got himself in a corner and mm. unlucky for him.
0: Uh speaking of trash. What are we thinking of the wild card situation with Raw and SmackDown?
3: <laughs> Why is that trash? Well, I'm just asking. you. A lot of what people are saying it? it is. I thought you were going to throw it to the next segment.
2: <laughs> I, I um, don't mind it. I think they've. Manuf- I don't want them to overuse it because you don't want everyone from Raw and SmackDown on both shows because it defeats the purpose of the brand split. But creating an environment where people can arrive and it's a surprise, I think it's only a good thing.
3: Yeah, make up for some interesting matchups and stuff like that. And if it cross promotes the pay per view matches and stuff, you can get bigger ones during the year, not just for survivors. So I'm
0: thinking the way they should do it is you win a ticket to do that on a pay per view.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, possibly. But I just like the idea of people just showing up and it's like, what's he doing here? And it's a surprise. Like, during the original Monday Night Raws, and remember how excited you'd be when someone from another promotion would just turn up. Like, you can create a little bit of that, not on the same level, because, but, yeah, and I think AJ Styles might have uh, turned heel today as well.
3: Yeah, well, that's his second confrontation in two weeks with Seth Rollins. Obviously, he did a phenomenal forearm last week through the table, and then... This week he's hit him again and left him, you know, or tag partners tonight. He honey. had to turn, didn't
2: he? Well, like... I'm hoping that they'll put him back with um, Gallows and Anderson. And, yeah, that'd and be... be good. Yeah. Um, and um, I laughed. I had to laugh because WWE was saying that the first time the WWE title has been defended on Raw in three, three years. years. But I'm pretty sure it was defended about three weeks ago.
0: Yeah, it was the Raw after Mania. Is that like for <laughs> the first time ever in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> Good
2: callback, Tony. Yeah, it was uh, interesting.
0: Uh, now, normally, Lyle, you have no shows on a weekend.
2: He often doesn't show, yeah. Correct, yeah. He's a no show. That's what
0: I said, no right. shows.
3: Mm, that doesn't but sound this like weekend, you went to two
2: in the same night.
3: In the same night. Tell yeah. us about them. Well, logistically, it worked out all right. I only missed the, the first match of the second show. And no, it was really good. I went to Warzone. Yep. To uh,
2: thanks to um, Pitbull for taking care of you. Yes, as well. Yes, he
3: did actually. Really good. Um, yeah, it was a fun night. Uh, it's a bit more of a babyface heel promotion, which is good. Such so as easy entertainment for the family.
2: I heard the main event was really good.
3: Phenomenal. Obviously, if you got Dowie and Slade in the main event, you know, and then you add the right little event. bit of cherry on top, no disqualification. It was really good. Slade had a little bit of a interaction with a eight year old kid in the crowd. <laughs> Said that he was better than him because he's finished school and he hasn't yet. So, oh, that's yeah, a thing for... and you know, he wasn't lying. So, well, well how three, do you
2: three,
0: three, I, I,
3: sle- I mean, he
2: has Slade finished
3: school? Well, I'm not sure what if the equivalent of Australia yeah. to New Zealand school yeah, is, yeah. but
2: so that, that kid's probably at the same level oh, as possibly, what New Zealand VCE, VCE equivalent is. Oh, possibly, yeah. Is.
3: You might well, have another apology nine? coming up very soon, <laughs> well, she?
2: Well, I've been forgiven by Ree, so.
3: Only just. She, given. Has, uh, she hasn't forgiven
2: Slade.
3: And show number two was Wrestle Rock at the Corner Hotel, yeah. which is, you know, if you haven't been there, you definitely have to go. It's a different experience. It's a fun night. You know, it's only 20 minutes down the road. Oh, yeah, like I said, I only missed the first match. I think a couple of other people may have done it. What
2: well, he had a good match in the main event.
0: <laughs> he did. He main evented to... What shows. time did Wrestle Rock start? About 9, nine uh, thirty. Doors
3: open at 8 and there's a few bands on, okay, and yeah. then the the card starts at 10, so... Yeah. Yeah, it worked out perfect Fantastic. for me. So. I
2: was interested in, uh, Lux were down from Sydney. I'm interested, in how, how did they go in front of the Wrestle Rock crowd?
3: Yeah, they were really good, actually. And uh, hopefully I've seen there's been a few rumours that they might be coming back to Melbourne in the not-too-distant future. So They're very young and um, yeah. a bright future. Yeah. so enjoy their work. Yeah, and they're pretty strong, actually. They, they didn't go through a table. They, they hurt up pretty well.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, the big losers to come out of the weekend's wrestling is four people had to sit next to Lyle, it shows.
0: it oh. happens. No. Now, Lyle said he saw you fighting with your family. Or did you see him fighting with his family? Who
2: you? Now you're being facetious, Tony. <laughs> so Lyle's finally seen fighting with your family and now he's prepared to talk about it.
3: Oh, you um, put it on the run sheet. I just you, told you that I'd seen did it. Did you enjoy it? Oh, I actually did, yeah. It was really good. I watched it last night. My was wife...
0: it Hollywood style storytelling or? Oh, a creative actually... license. How did you find
2: Cersei? Yeah,
3: it actually took me five minutes to realise that it was her. And then I felt like I wanted to hate her, but she's actually she's uh, much
2: more. Lo- well, I was watching Game of Thrones last night, and like um, my girlfriend said, oh, she's much nicer in that other movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it was good. It was fun. My wife watched the first half, and she didn't tell me to turn it off, so there's that.
2: Okay. No, well, she's used to you turning her off.
3: Well, it's
0: because Tony always gives me his collection of secret. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, some great news, boys. Uh, Brooksy has made his debut at the Arena in Mexico. Are- uh, arena Mexico. Arena so. Mexico. Yeah, so it was good. <laughs> oh,
2: for well, God's oh, sake, no. Tony. I didn't summon you Stop talking me. to Siri. <laughs>
0: Siri's just gone with, whose voice are uh, Brooksy is bodies of poo at the arena in Mexico. <laughs> That's exactly how you sound on the podcast, Tony. What are
2: you usually asking Siri that she picks up at? <laughs> There's
3: something in their bookmark that we shouldn't be looking at. Yeah, uh, yeah so he, he debuted in Arena Mexico, which is a really historical uh, building. So, And the match was really good. Yeah, <laughs> you, You've you lost it early again, Tony. Uh, in yeah, a tag-
0: was it wasn't a lucha night?
2: Well, yeah, every night's a Lucha yeah. night. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's in Mexico. Isn't it? It's a Lucha promotion, Tony. Yeah, yeah
0: but... CML... Brooksy did Brooksy have to fight Lucha, or did he fight as Brooksy?
2: Well, he's always Brooksy. Yeah. Brooksy debuted. Brooksy debuted yeah. oh, in yeah. the Lucha promotion. Okay. Yeah, it
3: wasn't Al Brooksy, or Al Brooker.
2: Le Brooksiano.
3: <laughs> no, he... Really good showing. A uh, one over the crowd. Yeah, it was a two out of three falls tag match, yep. which is very different, because... When I seen the first two uh, pinfalls, pin falls, I was like, Oh, okay, that's the match over. And then it went for another twenty minutes after that. So it took me I don't watch a lot of Mexican wrestling, but So with those matches,
0: when the ring announcer says this match is scheduled for, does everyone go, Two out of three falls? I'm actually not sure what they say, Tony. They speak Spanish. He doesn't Spanish. speak
2: he doesn't speak Spanish. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: it's a
0: question don't for... don't don't do it try and do a Spanish oh, well, accent that's, or something. Uh, that's... Well, I can speak Italian. But, oh, uh-huh. And Italian and Spanish is pretty similar.
2: Well, they're both la- derivative for Latin, yes?
0: Correct. The History Podcast. Robbie Eagles, have you seen the new promo? <laughs> uh,
3: yes. What but do you think?
2: He's in good promo form.
3: Yeah, well, the it is the fire. two promos he cut at the MCW show yeah. that we were at, obviously yeah. we praised that after we've seen it. And then the new one for announcing that he's going to be at PWA this Friday night. He's very believable at the moment. I think he's, he's tapping into his real emotion. Like, obviously, you know the new japan stuff is really big for him and it's obviously the next step that conflicting he has to leave australia behind and his home promotion pwa which yeah. he's been there 10 11 years training there and he really brings that across in the in the promo
2: well, yeah judging from this promo that he says he's going to be gone for a while yeah um we'd already touched on it last week I I think um he might be full time with new japan
3: yeah and he he was saying that without saying yeah. with his emotion like he knows He's not going to see that PWA ring for a while. That, that's But we will
0: see him in Melbourne, and in Sydney, hopefully in June, if he's. Well, yeah, now he'll, he'll yeah, definitely, definitely be on those. Has cars.
3: to be on those. So, but yeah, he's got. Um, well, he flies out the day after PWA, and the thirteenth of May is the beginning of the Super Juniors.
2: And they've announced the um, brackets.
3: Yes, so and he's in
2: the same bracket as Will Ospreay, isn't he?
3: Yes, that's a uh, and Yo and it. There's so many Yo. really good Mac. You just gave me a thumbs up. It's a wrong medium for a thumbs up. No one can see that, can nah. they? Tony? Okay. Nah. Uh yeah, so some really good matchups in his uh in the B bracket for him as well. And if we can see an Osprey Robbie match
2: yeah. in New Ooh, Japan.
0: Good. Ooh, let's
2: give good, time, good. Give him some time, give him some time, give him some time.
0: Now there's two words that I wanted to say that I've wanted to say to you guys for a long long time, and they are total flogs.
2: What? You
0: that's it. That's all I'm saying. Total flogs. Oh.
2: <laughs> Elliot That's Sexton. A That's a segue. Elliot Sexton has his uh, new web series, the first episode of it, starring um, our WWE contingent.
3: Yes. So Shane Thorne, Jermaine. Ro- which Jonah, Jonah Rock. Rock yeah. You know, uh, Demi. R- yeah, Rhea Ripley.
2: And Daniel Vado. Yes, Or uh, Vido, he keeps pronouncing his name differently. Yeah,
3: it was was cleverly done. I found
2: it entertaining, especially when the ferret was stealing the iPhone in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it was part of it.
3: No, but you you don't work with animals or children.
2: Watch it just for Shane Thorne trying to decide whether he wants his face blurred or not.
3: (laughs) They did that really well. Uh, That was good, and... Obviously, the line with Sexton saying he was never sure he was going to make it. And then he just, of course I was. I'm (laughs) 6'5.
2: Yeah, so we've shared it through our social media, so go have a look at it.
3: Yeah, he's got really good comedic timing. Yeah, I did see that uh, it's a good little show.
0: When we caught up with Millie McKenzie a couple of weeks ago, she said she was heading back home, but coming back this week. So she is back in Australia this weekend, as is Session Moth Martina.
2: Yes, so Millie went back to the UK to work for Progress. Last weekend, and now she's back in Australia. Last Sunday, I think it was. Yeah. She's already back in Australia as of the weekend to, to work two matches, three three matches in Australia this weekend, and she's bringing the session moth with her. Fantastic. God help us all.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's at a brewery, in for the first show in Melbourne. Yes.
2: yes. Uh She's wrestling Avery in a brewery, and then she's wrestling Indy Hartwell.
3: Yes. Yeah. So- in a
2: cafe that sells beer.
3: Mm. Well, it could be some...
2: Session Moth will want to move here after this weekend, I think.
3: Maybe she doesn't move. Maybe she just doesn't get on the flight home. She
0: just... Does she eventually turn into a butterfly? or? Well,
2: that's or... a caterpillar.
0: So what does a That'd moth be... turn into? A, a caterpillar
2: moth. turns into a moth.
0: So what turns into a butterfly? A caterpillar. <laughs> so she's already fought Metamorphosis.
2: I don't you I don't know. I'll ask her.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh New Japan wrestling tickets are selling like hot cakes on Shrove Tuesday.
3: On what? Don't bring religion into Tuesday, this. Shrove Tuesday. Huh. I still don't know what you said. I'm yes, tickets are on. selling fast. Yeah, so you know, go out and get your tickets. You're not gonna be <laughs> disappointed. You know, they've already announced the carters coming, Jay White, Will Ospreay obviously. You know, the Aussie contingent. You know, Gino will be there. You know, Robbie's, you'd assume, would be on the card.
2: Are you going, Lyle?
3: I'm going. Are you going?
2: I've got a ticket.
3: Yeah, I've got a ticket. Tony, are you going? Um, no, not yet. I haven't
0: been given a ticket. You haven't been given a ticket. We weren't given a ticket either. No, we, no, no. no, that's a, no I'm not, we we invested in the product, right to As I said, here, Tony, this is for being such well, a good bloke.
2: It's bad enough I've got to get you a ticket to Coliseum in Sydney. Oh,
0: yeah
3: yeah yeah so definitely want to see festival hall packed out yeah know. that'd be great so Looking that's on the uh, the ninth of June in Melbourne at the festival hall and the thirtieth, which is a Sunday in Sydney yep and that's at uh, the New Some South place. Wales roundhouse so I've never heard of that you've probably called something there Tony no no, you haven't no okay
2: no. why would you
0: assume these things? because well, he, he's
3: oh, I got to can't be at the podcast this week because I'm calling this baseball game and
0: upcoming shows Friday the 10th of May PWA in Sydney presents Once Upon a Time in Max Watts is yeah, that You got of? it right Once Upon a Time in Max Watts
2: Yes that's their venue
0: oh. uh with Session Moth Martina and Millie McKenzie David Storm is taking on Ug which will be a must see
3: I love Davis
2: Storm.
0: We yeah. love Ugg, don't we? No, Davis Storm. No?
3: <laughs> well, I think a lot of people have a man crush on him.
0: Once Upon a Time in Max Watts.
2: I didn't name the show, Tony.
0: Saturday, the 11th of May, PCW Ignition is on shout-out to previous guest Aisha for winning the tag title last week. MCW and Moondog Brewery present Brewery Brawl as a part of Good Beer Week. A great card too, including Loverboy versus Slex. Gino versus Dowie and Martina versus Avery. Uh, that Gino and Dowie match that I oh know that's the week after, isn't it, with uh Seb Costello. Well Dowie's not in that. Yeah, no, much, no, no. Yeah,
2: okay. Um I, I did laugh. I think during, that's
0: Gino and Slex, isn't it? Yeah. The week
2: after. Yeah. I did laugh, uh it was it was um sold as Gino versus his former friend Dowie, and Gino shared it and said, We were never friends.
0: <laughs> also, Melly McKenzie will be there as well. NAW is live. At Albion, Lobo, uh, as you heard in the interview early on, said he's now helping out, so we look forward to seeing the growth of NAW, and uh, hopefully that can really pick up over the next few months. AWF are appearing at Central Coast Comic Con in Gosford.
3: You said you would definitely be there,
0: Lyle? 110% I'll be there. Right? In Gosford? Yeah. Fantastic. And Venom Pro Wrestling is on the south coast of Queensland. Sunday, May the 12th, MCW and Evie's Disco Diner presents One of the G. G.IRL. Shows. IRL. Yep, the girl shows. Yep, yeah, the girl shows. Uh, Millie McKenzie takes on Avery and Erica Reed is back. How good's that?
2: Yeah, I'm glad to see her back in an MCW. Rick. Yeah,
0: fantastic. And she'll be, uh, is she up against Session Moth Martini? No,
2: she's up against Chanel Phoenix. Session okay. Moth is wrestling against Indy Hartwell.
0: Fantastic. Some great wrestling coming up, folks. Make sure you support the local product, and uh, we want to see you all out at a show shortly. If you've got any ideas for a podcast, contact us here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the Turbuckle uh, through our Facebook page, and we'll help you get on air. We want to try and get everyone doing a podcast. Everyone, everyone deserves to do a podcast.
2: I don't know. Some people shouldn't be doing podcasts. Oh, anyone in particular? I'm sitting next to two of them at the moment.
0: Jeez, that's
3: a bit harsh, Tony. He's looking at you. Total flog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, always a pleasure, boys. what well done with Lobo yeah, no good we're get... back next week. who have we got?
2: Hopefully I can't got... announce that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can you give us a general idea i'm gonna
3: well, I'm hoping
2: that... we're gonna have a session, moth Martina but
0: that... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna guarantee that we'll have a guest for next week. Well, hopefully yes, we we hopefully have two yeah. oh, oh. We might
2: have two
3: well keep an keep an eye on the social media and obviously we're gonna we can release if, it then
0: if we, we have
2: can. two. I promise you it'll be the biggest episode we've ever had.
0: Oh, for our birthday. Overpromise,
2: over underdeliver. That's, yeah, that's my That's what theory. we do
0: very well here on the turnbuckle. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Catch you next week. Till then.